the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. This is a briefcast, an abbreviated version of a full-fledged episode, and I want to welcome you both. This is your first time. Welcome. Come be a part of our community, and I'll tell you ways that you can do that at the very end. But the briefcast is when I come to you guys with one particular issue, and I want to talk about the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith. But before that, I want to remind you guys, you can call me 24 hours a day at 832-941-6614. That's the sports line. The Sports Talk with Devin Wade sports line that I set up for you guys so you can call me with questions, comments, suggestions, requests, any of those things. You can leave a message 24 hours a day and you might just end up on the very next podcast. So that's one way to be interactive. In addition to that, Sports Talk with Devin Wade Facebook group. Join the group. Look at all the posts. A lot of posts, a lot of fun stuff. You would definitely enjoy that. I post poll questions from time to time to get your take on some things. So that's a thing. So definitely look out for that. And, of course, on Twitter, at Wade's Word, you can follow me on Twitter. I tweet about a lot of different stuff. So, yeah, sports, not sports, animals, like weird environmental stuff, political stuff from time to time. I need to cut back on that for all my sports listeners and supporters so but that's that so those are all the ways that you can become interactive and be a part of the broader presence of this podcast so let's talk about the houston texans so the nfl's regular season has concluded and many folks around who are fans of the nfl you're familiar with the term black monday that's the day when all of the head coaches that are going to get fired usually get fired now, the Houston Texans did not participate in Black Monday, not because they believe in Lovey Smith, not because they want to support a one-year head coach with a horrible roster. They did not participate in Black Monday because they fired Lovey Smith on Sunday night. They got it done. It was a wrap, and a lot of people are pointing to the fact that in a meaningless game in which the Texans wanted to get the top overall pick, Lovey Smith went out and actually won a damn game. You won the one game that... The organization did not want to win while i'm sure that that did not necessarily help the cause i think that that had nothing to do with the fact because we've been talking about this for weeks he was going to get fired and so there's a lot of different ways to look at the situation 3 13 and 1 on the year now he is the fourth coach in three years for the organization you had bill o'brien he got fired four games in Romeo Cornell took over. He did not uh, get the head coaching position. They gave it to David Culley. David Culley lasted one year. Now Lovey Smith lasted one year. And really, neither one of those guys made it a full year before they were fired. Not a full calendar year before they were fired. They they made they had one season each. Neither one of them got to the, to the one-year mark. And now they'll have to hire another coach. And GM Nick Casario keeps his job, which I don't know how that happens. But we'll talk more about this roster in just a second. So let's talk a little bit about the positive scene. If you want to look at it, so a lot of people think they are firing these black coaches. They are not giving them a chance to succeed. They're not supporting them. And and they're just token hires. And why are you going to hire them during these horrible days of the franchise? When you get all your draft picks and the salary cap money, you're going to hire a, a white coach and give him the things that he needs to be successful. 
I've heard a lot of that. And you could look at it that way. You definitely have a, a case, an argument to talk a little bit about that. But on the other hand, look at it like this. Romeo Cornell, 75 years old. I think he was 73 at the time he concluded as the interim head coach. He's at the end of his career. He was ready to retire. He really, you know, he was just about, he was one foot in, one foot out. He was just about done. But he did get 12 games to be head coach, right? So that was at the end of his career. Goes off into retirement. David Culley, 27, 28 years in the NFL as an assistant, never a coordinator, never offensive or defense coordinator. And so he didn't make the huge money that uh, you associate with coordinators. But he got a shot to be a head coach at 64 years old. He might have been 65, 65 years old. He got to be head coach, and for one year on the job, he walked away with a reported $22 million because he signed a four-year deal, only coached one year, got paid the $17 million that he was owed on the contract. He made the $5 million the one year that he did coach. So walks away with roughly $22 million. Now, Levy Smith comes in, signs a four-year deal. Don't know the terms of those, but you have to believe it's in the $5 million a year range. So he'll walk away with $20 million. So instead of saying, oh, the Texans are horrible and they treat these black coaches unfairly, I look at it like this. The Houston Texans are really an African-American organization. And I've come up with the title. And they can steal this if they would like. Instead of them being the Houston Texans NFL franchise, they are the United Negro Head Coaches Retirement Fund. So if you're familiar with the UNCF, the United Negro College Fund, this is sort of the same thing. You're sending these black coaches into retirement with tens of millions of dollars in uh, the case of Lovey Smith and David Culley. Now, uh, on a serious note, this is not a good look for the Houston Texans to fire Lovey Smith after one year. And it makes the organization a laughingstock around the NFL. They don't look like they know what they are doing at all. What's frustrating is that for a lot of folks, it never felt like these were hires in good faith. There was never a sense that this is our guy long term and we're going to ride with this guy. We're going to go through the bumps and bruises of a, a really an empty cabinet of an organization as it, as it pertains to talent. Gone were DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Andre Johnson, anybody and everybody that were quality players for this team. The couple was bad. And so you didn't act in good faith in the eyes of a lot of people. And that's what's so frustrating, especially for those who want to see more African-American representation as head coaches. So you hire David Culley, a guy who had never even interviewed for a head coaching job. Now, again, I'm glad to see him get his money at the end. Like I said, they sent him off into retirement with $22 million, something he never, I don't think he ever imagined being an NFL lifer. You don't go from being a position, an old or older position coach to being a head coach. You may have a position coach that that jumps to the head of the line because he's young and brash and there's something about him. We've seen examples of that. You've not seen a guy that's been in the league 20-plus years and he's never been a coordinator jump up and get a head coaching job. So everybody was like, man, this is crazy. Like, you know you're not – this is not your guy. But let's go back and look at what was going on with the organization. You had Jack Easterby, some – mystery religious zealot by some accounts <laughs> sort of pulling the strings and and creating distress and chaos behind the scenes within the organization and then you bring in Nick Casario it was just uh, it was a weird set of circumstances let Bill O'Brien go Cornell at the end of his career a storied career 
some would say even a Hall of Fame career, if you talk about his contributions as a coordinator, although he didn't have the success as a head coach, he was a part of the New England dynasty, an integral part by all accounts. He is a, a great defensive mind in this league. And so he's he had a, a stellar career. He was at the end. You knew he was not going to be the guy moving forward. You bring in Cully. Cully is, he came out of nowhere. So then after that happens, you still have Eastbury uh, pulling some strings and and Cal McNair is listening to him. And now you got Casario. And reports were they really wanted to hire Josh McCown, who was a quarterback in the NFL for a lot of years, never a coach. He was doing some high school stuff, but he had a great relationship with Jack Easterby. And, uh, you know, but it was such a, a left out of left field move, even further out in left field than David Cully. But also it came with the backdrop of the Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL. So with the Texans not able to really find a guy that they could sell, I think it was more about they wanted what they wanted, but a guy that they could sell to the fan base and to others around the NFL, I think they looked around and said, well, hey, here's Lovey Smith. We'll roll with Lovey Smith. Now, some of us were like, why were other legit African-American candidates not considered? Not that Lovey Smith isn't that, but he had had his run. He went to the Super Bowl, and then he went to Illinois. He didn't have as much success as the head coach there. But, you know, again, he's a, a lifer, but there were a lot of new, exciting names that you could have considered, primarily Eric Bieniemy. That was a guy that I was thinking about, and a lot of folks were talking about. Never considered him. This is where sort of the Deshaun Watson breakdown happened, where he wasn't consulted before Cully was hired. It was just a lot of bad stuff going on. For Calm Waters, you bring in Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, and I would say this, my, I would imagine – Lovey Smith read the room and he knew what it was. He knew that this was a stopgap until they got what they really wanted. And, and really a result of that is look at the, the how they conducted themselves. No legit free agents were signed. You got some uh, defensive player in Darius Stingley Jr. While he was a good player, he missed, what, eight games because of injury. He was injury prone. But he was not going to be alone a huge difference maker and leading to success. I think on the back end, he and Jalen Petrie are going to be great on the back end if, if Stingley can stay healthy. But other than that, this was not a good football team. So you wonder, like, okay, why? You know, you're not acting in good faith. And that's what it frustrates a lot of people about this entire situation. There were reports that Lovey Smith wasn't receptive. And, and you certainly can make a, a, a case for the missteps, the Rex Burkheads of the world getting key touches at bad times, important times, and really at a time at times where he couldn't get the job done, settling for the tie. There were things like that, and, and really just really woeful run defense. And the offense never did get going under Pep Hamilton consistently, especially in the first half. Now, that brings up the Davis Mills situation. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But there were reports that Lovey Smith didn't, you know, he wasn't receptive to analytics or suggestions from the front office. But you knew he wasn't an analytics guy before you hired him. So are you really acting in good faith? And so it's, you know, you're playing with these people's lives. Now, again, both of those guys walk away with huge paydays, but it does nothing to breed confidence in the organization or take them serious in any sort of way. You look at the lack of talent on this team. 31st in offense, 31st in points per game. The leading receiver, I think he's not in the top 50 in receptions. 
and Brandon Cooks, who still, he sat out two or three games because he was disgruntled because he wanted to be traded by the trade deadline, which is crazy in itself. Your tight end is Jordan Aikens, who's nice, veteran guy, but he's no Travis Kelsey or Kittle or Goddard or Waller. He's not in that class of tight ends. Or Schultz. I mean, the number of tight ends. He's not that guy. He's solid. He's probably a solid number two guy. You had O.J. Howard. Like, like, where were you supposed to turn for offense? You got lucky with Damian Pierce, who came in as a rookie at 936 yards before he was injured. But still, that was a, a, a surprise. Wasn't like he was a first rounder. You got kind of lucky with that. But where were you going to generate offense? Offensive line, woeful at times. Had Larry Mantunzel playing pretty solid ball in the contract year. So you look at situations like that. Where, How were you going to succeed? You can make a case that Pep Hamilton did some, some out there kind of stuff. And we know that Lovey Smith is not an offensive-minded coach. But at the end of the day, you can fire the coordinator, bring in a new coordinator to work with presumably a new quarterback, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. So, you know, you could have done that and still roll with Lovey because Lovey, one thing about this team, they did play hard. Now, am I upset that he's fired? I, I'm not. But it, I'm more upset that this was not a serious hire by the organization. That's the point. Don't hire him and sort of appear like you're progressive and, you you know, we don't look at race. And then, again, I, they didn't say any of this, but I'm just saying this is the guy we wanted. He's a solid guy. Don't act like you're colorblind and you bring in a Cully and a, and a uh, Lovey Smith, and then don't give them anything to be successful. In both of the cases of both of these coaches, these guys, the, the guys under them played really, really hard. Now, is that enough? No. Did Davis Mills develop the way you wanted him to? No. <laughs> he, went, he took a step backwards. But there's signs of life there. And that brings me to my other thing about the Houston Texans. When you look at the number one pick, and first of all, I got trolled by some person on Twitter because I'm like, why are the Texans fans doing all this hand-wringing because they get the number two pick instead of the number one pick? Chicago Bears certainly aren't going to draft a quarterback. And even if they trade it, you still got the number two spot and you, you, you're either going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Is there a significant difference between those two? I'll say I wouldn't take either one of them. What I would do is this, and people, this is not a popular take. Trade down. You already have two picks in the first round. Trade down. Get a couple more if you can. And start to build this roster. This is a horrible, they're void of talent. This is a horrible franchise when it comes to talent. They don't have it. So I think that you trade down, a quarterback on this team is not going to make a difference. He's just not. You're going to David Carter's guy if you don't make the right kind of moves. So why do that right now? And you also have Caleb Williams from USC coming out next year. I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers model where you have everything around that position to be successful. And if you can get an adequate average to above average play at that position, you can make a run, especially in this division where Jacksonville comes out of nowhere and wins it because the other two franchises either had injuries and collapsed or just collapsed. Tennessee, Tannehill goes down. I think if he would have been healthy, that team would have been a little bit more healthy. They would have won that last game versus Jacksonville and they would have won the division. The Colts, they can't get the quarterback position right. And they tried to do some of the things that I'm talking about. It backfired, but you got the wrong guy. I'm saying this to say, if you can build this roster on the offensive and defensive lines, you got hope on the back end in that Texan secondary. 
You got a, a bright a surprise diamond in the rough in uh, Damian Pierce. Let's see what he can continue to do moving forward. But you need receivers. You need a, a, an offensive tight end. If you're going to try to throw to the tight end, you need linebackers. You need so much. A quarterback alone is not – you're going to waste years, and you may waste the career of a young quarterback. Why not build the roster up with everything around it? And just like San Francisco, they have a third-string quarterback leading them on this playoff run. Now, if he wins a couple of games, they'll look like geniuses. But you're talking about the third-string guy. Trey Lance was supposed to be that guy. He got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo, who took him to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. They think he's trash. They don't value him at all. Why not build up a team like San Francisco? Get the right offensive coach in, in place. Get some good personnel where you can build around and, and see what Davis Mills can do. Because, again, I, while I don't think he is um, Pat Mahomes, I mean, he may not be the worst. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I see some of the throws he's made. I've been down on him a lot like everybody else. But I don't think he's just a horrible, horrible quarterback if you give him pieces. I saw some, some of the throws he's made throughout the season. I saw the throw he made to win the game. He makes those kinds of throws. If you get the right coach to develop him, maybe he'll be serviceable. And then when you're ready to go out and either get a, uh, a top-notch quarterback in the draft or make a run at a, a quality veteran starter, like a Derek Carr, that's, you know, that'll be on, on the market, not, not for next year, but I'm saying a couple years down the road, that's what I would do. Give me your take on that, 832 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. Tell me what you think about any of those things. But I do think that there is a lot to talk about with this franchise and how they move if you care at all. Because they've created a lot of apathy in this market for that team. But again, want to hear from you guys. Uh, let me tell you this before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, please go back and listen to past episodes, full-fledged episodes. We have more of those coming your way. Give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. And, of course, join the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook. Like the fan page, participate, post, comment, all of that good stuff, and be interactive. Also, you can tweet me at Wade's Word. Tweet me or call me with your playoff predictions at 832-941-6614. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> this has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.